Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast with me, Pastor James, coming out of Saar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. We are walking through Genesis one chapter a week, and today we get to Genesis chapter 19, where we look at some stuff from the life of Lot and his family. If you've not read Genesis 19 in the recent past, do go ahead, press pause, read it, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in God's Word. So Genesis chapter 19 begins with the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now the two angels is a reference back to chapter 18 verse 22 which says so the men turned from there and went to Sodom and we'd said that the third person of this three that we said was a uh, most likely a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus and then um Here in chapter 19, verse 1, it's kind of laid out for us more specifically that the other two are angels. So the two angels come to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now historically, the the gate area of of a city was where uh, disputes were settled, where the elders of the town, the experienced and and more wise guys in the town would sit and, and judge uh, disputes between people and kind of, so I read, kind of supervise who's coming and going and, and just have an idea of what's going on in the town. So Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom, which kind of shows us he's, you know, he's kind of a civic leader and just this progression that we've seen through the past few chapters of Genesis where first he kind of looked over towards Sodom and thought, yeah, that'd be kind of nice. I might go and live down there with all my people and my stuff. And then he pitched his tent near Sodom, and now he's kind of sitting in the gate as a civic leader as such, like a local leader of people. So we've just seen the progression in his lifestyle, and it it just points to, for us, the fact that we can look upon the sinful lifestyle, and when we look, oh, you know, it's kind of appealing, and maybe I'll just, I'll go and live near it, and then before you know it, you're, you're fully immersed in it, and Lot is, for all intents and purposes, one of the people of Sodom now. So he sees these two angels coming in, these two guys coming in, and he's very respectful, very locally appropriate, and and we read that he saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square, but he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now, again, we've talked about this when Abraham received his guests, that it's very locally appropriate, very historically appropriate to show this kind of hospitality, to insist that people come and stay in your house and insist that you provide them with a meal and and with refreshment and with an opportunity to wash. Uh, And Lot is clearly taking nothing other than a, a yes for an answer, isn't he? And then we move into this passage that is just um, equally as odd as it is confusing, as it is just horrible, really. So we read in verse 4 that before they lay down, the men in the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last men surrounded the house. So we see that the sins of, of Sodom affected everybody in town. It wasn't just a small group of people. We've got this, uh, the men of the city, young and old, all the people to the last men. So we're representative of the fact that We've just got a huge cross-section of society here. Come into Lot's house, and they called to Lot. We read in verse 5, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. 
And this is um, a way of saying that they wanted to have sex with them, they wanted to sleep with them. And these are men talking about men. So they want to be homosexually abusive. The, the, just the lack of of morals and living in the way that God wants us to live. There's just none of that. Clearly here, there's none of that going on in Sodom. We see throughout the counsel of God's word that the homosexual lifestyle is one that often leads to, to, to disease, to death, uh, to separation from God and just living in a way that he has not designed us to live. So these guys from the town come and they want to bring out these two men that we know to be angels, um, bring them out to us that we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. So now Lot has gone from looking upon Sodom to living near Sodom to being kind of a civic leader, you know, like a man of the people of Sodom. And he's referring to these guys as brothers. These men have come to his house. They want to homosexually abuse the guests of Lot's house. And Lot says to them, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. So here we, you know, Lot is, is plummeting quickly towards rock bottom. He's identifying with these guys as my brothers. And then he says, he makes this horrible offer, and it's 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 almost impossible to make a case for this being an acceptable thing to do. I read something that said, you know, that the place of women in the historical and the ancient world wasn't what it is today, and the, 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 the fact that guests were viewed so highly might help us understand what Lot says in verse 8. But, you know, really, there's not, he's not really got a leg to stand on, has he? He says in verse 8, Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any men, so they've never slept with anybody. They're both virgins. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. Now, just what a horrible offer for a dad to make. Even if guests were prized more highly than female members of your family. You know, look, he wants to satisfy this rampant, abusive, uh, depraved mob by sending out his daughters. And it's just the life that God made Lot to live, the way that Lot has seen God move so powerfully in the life of his family. He's just so far away from that here, isn't he? When he's He's standing outside his house, offering his daughters to this mob. We read in verse 9, But they said to him, Stand back. And they said, This guy, you lot, this fellow came to sojourn, and he's become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So now they're turning their anger and their, their desire and their depravity. They're turning that on lot. And they're... We read it halfway through verse 9. Uh, then they pressed hard against the men, Lot, and drew near to break the door down. So they're trying to physically get hold of him, get into the house, and do whatever they want. And we read in verse 10 that the two angels, the men, reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. A little bit of angelic protection there. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. So we see the angels have, have protected Lot, brought him back into the house, and then they said to Lot, 
Have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So then the reason for their visit is becoming really clear now. Maybe Lot didn't know who they were. Maybe he wasn't sure why they'd come. But now it's explicitly clear. They're saying to him, look, we've come to destroy this place. Have you got anyone else here? So we see that even though they're angels, they're angelic beings, they're not omniscient. They don't know everything. They know that in the house there is uh, his wife and two daughters, He's just referenced the two daughters. Have you got any sons-in-law? You know, are there anybody that's is there anybody that's betrothed legally? Is there anybody that's legally pledged to marry your daughters? Basically, have you got anybody else in this city of your family that you care about? We read in verse fourteen that Lot went out, and said to his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters, "Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city." But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. So they just don't take him seriously. Lot has done so little to build a reputation, to live a consistent life, to, 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 to live a life of one who has seen God work so powerfully. He's lived, he's done so little with himself that he says to his sons-in-law, people who in theory should know him better than your average person in the square, he's saying to them, look, it's time to go get up. God is going to destroy this city. And they just think he's joking, which is kind of sad again. You know, that they're just, they're not taking him seriously. We're reading verse 15 as we move on, that as morning dawned, the angels said to Lot, look, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, in case, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. So now there are, there are no sons-in-law there. It's just his wife and his daughters. And we read them, but he lingered. Lot's lingering. He just doesn't want to let go of this sinful lifestyle in this sinful place. And we read that the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. Now I read something really interesting that said that there are two angels. They've got two hands each. And there are four people leaving the city. So the angels have done literally all they could do to get Lot and his family out of town, so to speak. They've come and they've warned them. They've said, look, go and get your family. It's more warnings. This is going to happen. And now they are physically, each one, carrying or grabbing or holding as much as they can. They've got a person in each hand. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And then Lot replies, and it's a bit of a weak, whimpering response. It's, again, it's, it's not a great thing from Lot. And Lot said, No, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you've shown me kindness in saving my life, but I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and die. So he's been given this chance to escape destruction, escape the coming punishment, and he's saying, I just can't, I can't go that far, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then he says, Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's a little one, let me escape there. It's just a little place. 
my life will be saved. And one of the angels says to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Now that's the Lord coming through on his promise through these angels that Lot will be saved. Remember Abraham and the Lord had a conversation as such at the end of chapter 18 where and it was established that Lot and his family would be saved. Anybody who was found to be righteous, even to a, a small degree, would be saved. And then we read in verse 23, the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. And we read at the end of 22, that um, Zoar, I mean, Zoar means little. Zoar is this little place that he wants to escape to. And then we read verse 24, After the warning, after the witness of the angels, then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. It doesn't say why she looked back. Maybe it was love for the lifestyle that she was leaving behind, love for the city. Was it regret? Was it, oh no, I can't believe we've got to leave this place. Was she lingering like Lot was lingering in her heart? Who We don't know, it doesn't say for sure. We know that she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And I think for you, for me now, it's just, it's, it's an example of we're called and told to move away from sin and a sinful lifestyle and we see here with Lot's wife that we just shouldn't ever look back and and, and wish oh, I wish I could do that again or oh, I'm really sad that I've got to leave that behind we should flee flee from sin flee from the lifestyle of sin that leads to death and destruction and we see the example in Lot's wife that she looked back and um, that led to her own destruction and then in verse 27, we see that Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. That's the end of chapter 18. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. And that just speaks of the faithfulness of God to the fact that he keeps his promises. He told Abraham, this is how it's going to be. And that's how it was. And as we continue, we get this, uh, this, this paragraph about Lot and his daughters. And we read in verse 30 that Lot went up out of Zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. We don't know why. We don't know how long he lived in that town. Maybe it was they knew who he was and they saw what had happened in, with Sodom, Gomorrah. Uh, maybe they didn't want him to live there. Maybe there was pressure for him to leave. Um, we don't know for sure, but it, we, do, we do know that he lived there for a period and, he li and then they moved and lived in the hills with his two daughters, but he was afraid to live in Zohar. And we read that he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And then the lifestyle that Lot had lived in Sodom as clearly worn off has clearly transferred a little bit to his daughters because they hatch this plan between themselves and they say look our father is old there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth so basically there's nobody around here to make us pregnant there's nobody with who we can have a baby and in verse 32 we read let come let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him 
that we may preserve offspring from our father. Somehow they've got this supply of wine. Maybe it was from Zohar. We, again, we don't know. And we read in verse 33, So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He didn't know when she lay down or when she arose. He is so drunk that he has no idea of the unnatural wrong thing that he's doing here. The lifestyle that he'd lived in Sodom had made his daughters think that this was quite an acceptable thing to do, and now he is so drunk that he's got no idea what's happening. We read in verse 34 that the next day the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let's make him drink wine again. Then you go and lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father. So the the same thing happens again. And it's just so wrong. And then we read in verse 36, Thus both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. And that sounds like the Hebrew word from father. And Moab became the father of the Moabites. And in verse 38, we see the younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami, which means son of my people. And he's the father of the Ammonites to this day. And we've got to remember that to this day means when Genesis was written. Um, the Moabites, the Ammonites, will come across again as we, as we continue to move through the Old Testament Both of these nations, both of these people groups, the Moabites, the Ammonites, became enemies to God's people, became obstacles to God's people. And when you trace it back, you see that this all happened because of the sinfulness of people, the disobedience of people who were just living so far away from the life that God has made them to live. And what a huge warning that is for you and me living now that we can linger and we can and we can look and we can go towards a life of sin and, and, and think we're not really part of it. We're kind of close to it. But and then before you know it, we're, we're a huge part of it. We're immersed in it and it affects us. It affects our friends. It affects our family. There's just this huge ripple effect of sin. And before you know it, we're doing things and we're going places that are so far away from God's will for us. So Lot, his family, his wife, just a huge reminder to us and a huge warning that, look, this is what happens when we live a life based on what we want to do, how we feel, and we totally disregard what the Lord wants for us. Next time then in Genesis chapter 20, we're back to Abraham. And uh, we we look at Abraham and, and Abimelech. But until then, God bless. <laughs>